Hey everybody, welcome back to Black Art Cinema Podcast. How y'all doing tonight? And appreciate y'all being with us. And um, tonight got a special guest, a brother of mine, a talented, great actor, man. Somebody I've been studying for a while before I got into acting. Well, got into directing. And um, my guy Fernando, how you doing, bro? Oh, thank you for the praise, man. I'm good. I'm good. Good, man. Well, usually tonight we'll have Devell and Clout, but they away right now. So we just going <laughs> to say that. But shout out to them too, man. And next time we'll have them together. So, um, Fernando, good to have you up here. Good um, to be here, man. How you feeling right now? I'm happy, man. First podcast. I've been wanting to do one for a while, but I never acted on it. No, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> So I was going to ask you a couple of questions, you know. Um, What's up? Talk to me, man. So, so what made you become an actor, bro? Um, it's two parts to that. I guess one part is that uh, I used to be very creative. I was very big into art, and I wanted to get back into it. So I thought to myself, what way can I do it? Can I go back into sketching, painting? I was too lazy. I was like, ah, that takes a lot of work to get back into it. Mm-hmm. But then out of procrastination, I started watching a lot of movies. And a lot of them were bad. I'm like, damn, man. How's there so many bad movies out there? <laughs> Who let this person get in this film? Jeez, Louise. Like, I'm just snapping. Like, yeah. so many bad. And bad movies would do that to you, but they wouldn't make you do what I did. Mm. So I thought, damn, well, why don't I get into it? So I just do with Google what Google does, man. Put you in a wormhole <laughs> of information, looking at the roles, the steps, and what people did. And um, it was really humbling to see like the grind behind it because that's that's how I am. Any job I ever went through, it, and every time I moved up, I started from the bottom. That's yeah. just the way I was raised, the way I like it. Because then you learn how to do things from scratch. Yeah, doing background work, then you know building up my uh, my resume with college films, and from there, man, I just started really full force going into it and getting like uh, principal roles, supporting roles, starting roles, and it was it was fun. That's good. That's good to hear. Oh, uh, what are the challenges of being an actor? You go into it a lot of a lot of times with um, an idea of of what this character would be like, mm-hmm. and then when you go through when you actually start putting the reps in, like hearing yourself out loud, and then hearing how the how the dialogue can be put into context, you know, both verbally and physically. But then sometimes you tell yourself like you 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 either try to go with your idea, or you try to go against your idea. When you go against your idea, it, it can either give birth to something very beautiful or it can be a disaster depending on whatever mental tools you, you set up for yourself. But um, delivering for me, man, sometimes, because my idea of what the character is, is um, may not be yours. Wow. But I also have to be at a, at a at a confident place to know that you picked me for a reason, so I'm going to deliver. And once once I know that I gave the best I got and you liked it, you cheered me on, that's great, man. I had to get used to, uh, especially with you, man. Uh, oh, my God, that was so good. One more. Because <laughs> you, think, you think that praise is it, man. But yeah. no, nah, man, that one more comes in and that's it. Oh, okay, man. All right, let's do it again. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like, you and I, the whole cast to me is amazing and very intelligent. I think with you, it's come, it comes so natural and you get it like that. You know, it, it doesn't take much, but... It's like I, I want to see if I can capture that magic again and get it again and get it again, and, and you have no problem with that. You're like, yo, come on, let's 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 do it again. And you so like you like a fighter in there, 
and I love that, man. You bring so much, man. You you bring things without without you 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 would ask like one question, and then just take that and then make it grow into something else. And I was going over a scene recently with the editor, and I'm just. I know I I it, I caught it, but going back and looking at it, I'm like, wow! I'm like, yo, Fernando is is uh, yeah, he's different. Yeah, he really is different. Man. Wait, yeah, are, you, was, are you talking about that scene? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was looking at, I was like, I was like, yo, he he took it like the emotion that you had, and just the patience and the pace that you took that you took that line and just that scene. I'm like, yo. This guy's just different. And then the step farther was no spoilers. This is no stunt, man. That's all you. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> man, first of all, man, shout out to Ty and Rashad, man, because we, we went through it that day, man. <laughs> and and honestly, with, with them performing that day and seeing that they going through what I'm going through, and we still like gave it 110%, man. Shout out to both of y'all, man. Yeah, definitely shout out to them, man. I, I feel as though, like, taking a step back, I think I had the best cast put together um the cast and director Naya for putting everybody together man and y'all are just I yo yeah it was just a it was just honor it was it was an honor for for a first time director to have actors like y'all on set it was just a blessing it really was a true blessing man I thank God for having y'all as my first um actors to be a part of a part of my first feature it's it's mm -hmm. crazy man it's it's definitely humbling and, and definitely uh it's it's a it's a good checkpoint, I guess, in in my mental career because um, even though we did that what like two years ago, yeah, and um, it, it gives me a great appreciation that you're you're really putting your time into your baby, and that you know we 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 put our time into it, and you're also doing the same thing. So, mm -hmm. and listen, I'm happy to be part of your baby, bro. <laughs> I can't wait for that to drop. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to rush anything. I wanted to take care of everything. I wanted to make sure this is this is just like I'm realizing when it comes to filmmaking, you have to be so patient and you can't rush nothing. This is not, you know, oatmeal. This is just straight up like you got to. This is a full course meal and everything has to oh, yeah. be planned at a certain time. And I honestly don't want to let y'all down at all as a director because the things that y'all been through, the you know, the temperatures, um, the 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 different scenes that I don't want to spoil nothing, but the scenes that y'all been through, especially you, it's like yo, I don't want to make it seem like this is every other film, and I don't want to make it seem like I just threw this together, man. I want to be real patient with this and have a good patience because when it comes out, it's going to be amazing, yo. Yeah, I can't wait. Definitely, and um, so how do you prepare yourself for a scene? Um, I pray, of course, mm -hmm. a little prayer. Um. I try to, I try to as quickly as possible remember the lines. So that way, after I remember the lines, even though I'm a cruncher, to be honest with y'all, I crunch things last minute. But in the leading into that, I record myself a lot, and it takes away, it partially takes away that cringy feeling that that I get as an actor. But I record myself a lot and watch it, and then I I would get through all the words, listen to how I sound. And then I would run through the lines or run through the scene and I would run through it literally over and over and over again. Because there's times that I will come into it and I'll be like, that sounds good. Hmm. And then I'll, randomly I'll come back to him like, if I bring this word, if I elevate this word a little bit and bring this one down or do uh -huh. this motion or, or use my hands this way, like just doing like, 
it gives me the opportunity with the time in between to actually play with this. So that way when I'm on set, it leaves um, little room for error and more room for creativity. So even if I do pile up on that, it'll it'll be able to add to the scene and add to the storytelling. That's great. That's great. So is there any type of communication besides myself? Is there any type of communication that you have with other directors? Like, do y'all sit back and y'all talk or is it like, hey, Fernando, this is what I see. Um I want you to improve on it. Like, how is is what type of relationship that you got to have with your director for that? Uh, I've, I've made it a point um, to tell directors, any new director I meet, two things: you always got to act in your back pocket. One and two, you don't spare me any. You don't do anything. Any, you know, I'm sorry. You don't do anything for me if you're trying to spare my feelings. So, wow. if there's something you don't like, let me know. We can work on it. Because at the end of the day, I'm here to perform. I'm here to do. What you asked me to do. So if there's something, again, and it has, it goes back to that, my idea of what, how this role should be um, portrayed. So my idea could be completely different than yours. So if you, if you communicate that, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm all ears. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to give you what you want at the end of the day. You picked me for a reason. Okay. And I think, um, along with that being as an actor, taking direction well is very important because it falls very well into line with building that relationship you have with directors. Cause like, I know there's been times where people brought it up to me that like, um, you know, Philly, it, a lot of directors of Philly, they have their own clique, I guess you can say. Yeah, yeah, I heard that too. But at the same time, that's not that's not too bad of a, of a thing to have, especially if you're confident enough in your cast that you have in your back pocket that they can do anything. Look at uh, your favorite director, Marcus Corsese, and same thing with, um, God darn it. How did I um, forget his name? Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, they all have their list of actors, <laughs> but and they all they all have actors they are going to put in the same movie. But at the same time, Quentin Tarantino doesn't have to worry about anything. He can sit back and know that he can do two separate films back to back with the same cast, and they're going to get they're going to give you two separate products. No yeah, <laughs> and so that click isn't really bad, especially if you're making good movies and you're casted and you're confident in casting. They can do those verse. They can be diverse in those roles. Uh huh. So it's not always such a bad thing. No, you're right. Especially if you got that communication with uh, with that director and that relationship, because there's some people you deal with and you choose to deal with or be around that. Oh, I don't like how they talk like this. I don't. I don't like how they talk like that. But sometimes you you dig into the deeper intentions of what they're saying. That's a relationship right there. True. And that's, true. True. That's something you establish. True. That, and that's one thing I, I looked at it too. And at first, like you know, when watching movies, I wasn't really peeping it. But then as I'm constantly going back, I'm like. Adam Sandler got the same cast. Um, Quentin Tarantino got the same cast. Um, Martin Scorsese got the same. And and, uh, and it goes to being comfortable because directing is extremely complicated. It's, hard, it's, it's definitely difficult. And it's the hardest thing. I don't, it's the hardest thing that I ever had done. So when I have, you know, actors like you, Tyrone, that already was in there, y'all can like, yo, all right, let's do this as a team. So then I can all right now I can have a better um better communication with y'all. Um I came in here with y'all when um come to direct and so my next project, hey, Fernando, you know, can I you wanna come and knock this scene out? I'm comfortable with you. I got a relationship with you and I got a good communication with you. And you knew what I want on on Eyes of Deception, but on a future project, it's like we already got that bond established already. Right. 
So another actor will say, "Oh my God, another take." But you know, listen, this is what it comes with. The, this what comes with the territory. This what comes with this director. Is no problem. We gonna do this. We gonna do it right over again. And that's one thing I'm like, yo. And whatever film I do, I gotta have y'all at least look at the script, give y'all heads up. Like, hey, this right here is coming. Do you you already got a part? You it's a yes or no, and you're in. Right. Like definitely, um, definitely for me. So. Is there any actors that you look up to? Yeah, I do. You know, I can always take it back to like the old school cast, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Jack Nicholson. He's definitely one of my favorite. And I love, love watching um, a lot of their earlier work because um, I think right now Hollywood with the, with the older actors that um, they're paid to, to, to set a tone and set a certain role like hey this we need someone to deliver a powerful speech and this guy has already delivered 10 powerful speeches before right he uh-huh. played that impact role like Denzel Washington is a perfect example okay Denzel Washington is one of those dudes that right now in his career he's that guy to make an impactful whether it be a statement action whatever he's just that that impact of, of the scene and he's been like that for like Equalizer Book of Eli but then he did something like uh, Macbeth yeah and yes. I feel like I wasn't a thought about this the other day. Like you could tell who's doing it for a paycheck and you could tell who's doing it for the craft. <laughs> yeah. And not, yeah. not saying that like, you know, what Denzel's doing for Equalizer is for the paycheck, because it is. Uh-huh. But he knew what he knew what he signed up for. Yeah. But then it's like he did Macbeth to let everybody know, like, yeah, I'm 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 still here. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm still here. Like I'm not one of these old, other older actors who's doing action movies that can't keep up. Like, nah, man, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something I appreciate about somebody like um like Denzel. But then you see like these younger actors, like um, I'm sorry, I don't know his name. The, the young gentleman from Snowfall. Then you got um, Jonathan Majors. Uh-huh. Um, you got the, the young kid from um, Stranger Things. Yeah. Right now, you could tell they're hungry. They're not at that point where they're they're being cast at, but they're they're being they're pushing themselves in different roles. Oh, and also the young guy from um, what's his name? He was in um that Ryan Reynolds movie, the action movie. Um, oh. He was also in The Walking Dead. Oh, it was a Macbeth with um Denzel. I know exactly what you're talking about. He's in um NWA, mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, know exactly. So what you're even about. him, like these dudes, these dudes are hungry. Like they're trying to dabble into whatever they can, and I, I that's something I appreciate so much because, like when The Rock did Be Cool, I'm like, oh man, he's trying it right now. <laughs> the Rock is trying it right now. But then I saw Be Cool, I'm like, damn, The Rock did really good. Yeah, in this movie. yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah. It was something completely out of his element, and I'm like, damn, I. This is something I appreciate. Yeah, because you yeah. can always be that tough enforcer throughout your whole catalog. Mm. But the moment you do something like that, I'm like, damn. All right, <laughs> that, that's what's up. Especially on Gridiron Gang. Oh yeah, yo, Gang, yeah. I think yo, he did real good on Gridiron. He had Gang. a lot of heart in there because he yeah. had a lot of he had a lot of testimony to that to that type of lifestyle and that type of upbringing and, and just those kids in general. How do you bring it? Because like what you just said right there, hunger, right? How. Your mindset on being like that consistently, film in, film out, short film, feature film, a skit, whatever it is. What is it that make you that make you always say, "I gotta be consistent with it. I gotta drop fifty. I gotta drop Will Chamberlain numbers. I gotta drop fifty points, twenty rebounds. You know, a couple assists out there. How do you have that mindset?" Or is it is it just mentally? Is it spiritually? What is it? Um, I think it's it's for me personally. It's it's easy to get lost in that because you could be like, "Damn man, like I'm taking a break this year," but then somebody hit you up like, "Yo man, I got a short film, two days. You good?" I'm like, "Damn, 
All right, two days. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Because then there's, I, I remember in 2021, I dedicated myself to two projects in 2021. Um, shout out to Delia, shout out to um, RDM. Um, but, and I told myself that following year, I'm like, man, I'm taking a break. I'm not, I'm falling back from acting. I'm cool. Yeah. But then still people hit me up like, hey, Lou, I got a short film. Short film? All right, cool. <laughs> but I was, realistically, I was tired of the long of the long commitment that year. Even this year, I found myself doing a little bit of mix of both. Because mm-hmm. I was in a position, I was beneficial enough to be in a position that could be like, yes or no, you know? Yeah. And um, don't get me wrong. Th- does it bother me when I go to bed at night that I haven't been as consistent when I first started? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but... Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that because I have a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, nothing bad, both a little mix of good and bad, yeah. nothing too like worrisome. But um, I know that once I can clear this clutter, it's going to leave a, ro- a lot more room for the consistency that I want because I, the time of my life I'm at right now, my currency is time. So if I'm not going to be consistent, I'm not going to do it. Okay. That, that's just that's just me. If I'm going to be inconsistent, I'm going to let you know from the front like, hey, man, I got a lot going on. You want me for this, but I can't. Yeah. I'm sorry, but not right now. Yeah. And and I learned to be comfortable with those kind of boundaries because, you know, I've been the yes man before and I've I seen what that did to me. But mm. now, I'm at, now I'm at the point in my life that I know I can be consistent. I know my potential. Yeah. But I have to be able to be in a position to perform that and, and be able to meet those expectations or even excel in it. And right now I'm not because, you know, married, kid, mm. trying to excel in my current career. So it's like a lot of things to juggle. But I know once those things take a little dive you know that that hunger's still there man but it's just like i'm putting it aside for other things yeah no that's yeah, that's good and it's good too you know that you're putting inside it for for basically you know family and legacy you know congratulations on your new baby boy and proud of Thank you me. man and just you doing things um like i said not only in film but out out all film you know that in your life that's just amazing man and i'm really proud of you Thank you, thank you. Appreciate oh. that, man. When it comes to um, any films that you have done, is there um, a character that you can say that's, that's your favorite character? Hmm. I know one that I am about to film. Um, it's the film called Dear Toyo. I played dad in that. And I've been wanting to, to do something like that. You know, get a little bit more on the drama side, sentimental side. Um, and I like the script, uh, shout out to James and United Film Company. Um, but yeah, Dear Toya is one that I'm looking forward to because that's something I can, I can really, really give myself into only because it, it reflects in me as a father and, and I, I'm, I can't wait to give everyone a treat for that one. That's good. Cause could you get more deeper into your character? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially because, um. He's a father with a, with a growing relationship with his now older daughter and then like, I don't want to give too much away of the film, mm-hmm. but you you see those those ups and downs, and you see the the cute relationship that a child would have with their parents and stuff like that. Little mm-hmm. gestures. It'll make, it's a very home homey type of movie. Okay, okay, that's good. That's good. Is there any films that you had to turn down? <sighs> no, honestly, no. Yeah, I mean, I I had a recently I had to pull back from one. They wanted me to do prop work for this film so I said yes and then I, I come on occasionally as a PA or uh, like a backup stunt choreographer but they wanted me to come on as an actor but I told them again I'm not going to be consistent for this so yeah. like, I can't do that yeah. wow, wow, wow. but I also have a very good relationship with that director and their, their whole crew I'm part of the, that production company as well as mm-hmm. a prop master mm-hmm. um, again shout out to RDM46 um, but it was I had that relationship with her and I had to let her know like hey 
I got too much going on. I can't. Can't do it. Wow. Yeah. Is there? Um, I seen. Um, I, I believe the short film called Alone. Yes. Now that right there, you was a construction worker. I was a mover. A mover. Yeah, I was and a mover. He was like a a, a a serial killer like that, right? Yeah, they was they was they was trying to cover me from my papers. Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> That's a, that's a Spanish joke and nobody got it. Come on, man. Spanish guy is a mover. I understood, yo. One joke you said, you was like, I think I forgot what I asked. You was like, yo, I got to work tomorrow. I got to stand outside of Home Depot. <laughs> I don't think somebody actually believed me. It was either somebody actually believed me. They said, what you got to stand outside of Home Depot for? I forgot how that yeah. went. Somebody really believed me. <laughs> Yeah, I was cracked. Yeah, I'll be catching on to them jokes. Hey, man, if my, if my life went a certain direction, you probably would find me out there in Home, De- Home Depot. But I'm, to the grace of God, I'm good now. I'll be out there at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, mommy, you need your floors done for the low? Okay. I don't yeah. know how to do floors, but they're going to get done, baby. <laughs> my dad, he, my dad had to get this guy. Um, to do his his basement because he wanted his basement to be like right, right. He wanted everybody to come there and watch the game and everything like that. So he had this one guy um, do his floors, and the guy was like BS him the whole time. So my dad got upset and was like, "Yo, he fired him." He was like, "Yo, I'm keeping your tools." <laughs> <laughs> how you got so, tools and you know how to use them, boy? I'm taking yeah, them like so. Him, so the guy never came back for his tools. So now my dad and my mom. <laughs> Basement putting everything together <laughs> with the other guy too. Man, Man so yo, he is a eighties, nineties era person. Like, yo. nah, funny story, man. I remember um, I got hit by a car when I was little. Mm-hmm. So my my grandfather was able to sue the city. Got a check when I was eighteen, and um, I remember I got the check. And my first thought, nineteen year old me, like, yeah, I'm a man. I'm a teacher of the house. Oh, they they need the patch. Yo, come fix the patch. Then he's fi- yo, come fix this. Some dude came. I was feeling so generous with like nine stacks at the time. That was probably not still a lot, but still for me, for me, nineteen years old with nine stacks. I was oh yeah, balling. yeah. <laughs> I was balling. But this guy knocked on my door. And said, "Yo, pop, I realized your your steps is cracked. Want me to fix it?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, man, I need them ste- them steps fixed. Go ahead, fix it. How much?" One fifty bet. All right, I got you. Again, I'm thinking I'm balling. My man doing the steps, doing the steps. He look around, shoveled two or three scoops of dirt from uh-huh. my mom's yard and put it in with the cement, started mixing it, and then patched it. My neighbor and the boy left. Like my neighbor called as it came across. She's like, "Oh, you know, you grabbed the dirt and put it in the cement and mixed it." I was like. You telling me this now? Yeah. <laughs> man left. He's gone. He's taking that one fifty and he's out. Oh yeah, he finesse. <laughs> had, had I known that, there'd been a different outcome. Are you telling me now? Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's how it is. When you when you um you a kid and you shoveling and they give you, you know, you expect ten dollars or twenty dollars and they give you five dollars. Right. Boy, yeah, you you oh, that's you're not gonna go when you're done with a drench with a drench scully on I excuse me, sir. <laughs> I'm done. Ten dollars, they give you five back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like twelve, what you need with ten dollars? It's ten dollars, sir. You your ass could have been out here. Remember your yeah. wife could have bust ass in the morning. I saw her last winter. She fell three times because you ain't come out here. 
I'm saving your marriage, sir. Yo, you throw that snow, you throw that snow right back on that pavement. Yup. Listen, throw man. right back. <laughs> or what you could do is you could dump water overnight, man. That's it. Yup. Dump water you overnight. You going to have him out there on some home alone? But oh, he come back. I thought you put salt. Yeah, I thought I did too. <laughs> I would have put salt for that five dollars. <laughs> It's all in there, John. Five dollars, though. Yo, it was one. <laughs> it was one time, right? I'm um, was I twenty? I think I yeah I was I was twenty at the time. So my little brother Dag, you know, shout out to Beanie Siegel, one of the realest lines, same mom, different father. You know, any problem, dogs. You know, I got him. <laughs> so my little brother on my mom's side, Dad, like we real cool. He got he messed around, he got fired. So he was like, yo, he was mad. He was like, yo, man, I gotta get my balls back, man. So I got I was working the gallery. So we used to get off like four o'clock in the morning. Thank you for so calling it the gallery, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call it the gallery. Yeah, yup. Straight. I don't know. And all that other no, it's the gallery. This is two thousand and six at the time. So he get he like he upset. So um we like, yo, what you want to do? He's like, so I don't, I don't know where it was just down, up at Darby. It's a lot of like raccoons and possums. So we found this dead possum. So we like, yo, you want to get the shovel and put the possum on his car? And he like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Damn. So we get the shovel, scoop it up, walked it all the way down. The possum is playing, is playing dead the whole entire time. <laughs> playing dead the whole entire time. We scoop it up, right? Possum playing dead. We put the possum on the car. We watch the possum sit back. The possum get up. <laughs> Yo, we sitting there like just smiling. And now it's now this is probably like around five or six o'clock in the morning now. So his boss um, gets out and walks over to the car. See the possum. Possum. <laughs> Yo, his boss. Yo, if, yo. We're, you know, his boss ran right back inside the right back inside the office. Yo, I was yo, we was cracking up, dying. Yo, I would never ever forget that day. Yo, he was just so mad. But they had that possum, and the possum legs was probably broken, so they had the only the upper body part can get up. It was like he was that possum was going up, but to see that on your car, and then he just ran off. Yo, I was. Dying oh, and I was cracking up. True story, man. And this is why I think possums are disgusting. Possums are <laughs> disgusting. There was an empty. There was an alleyway at my mom's house. Mm-hmm. There was an empty lot back in, in the back of the house. So it's our backyard alleyway, empty lot. And uh, mind you, there's houses. I, I think the house that that lot belonged to was abandoned or something. Mm-hmm. And my mom was cleaning. I was busting out with our neighbor, same neighbor who came too late after I lost my hundred fifty dollars. That same neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, she came over. She was talking to my mom. And my mom's cleaning, and then we're busting it up. And I'm between my mom and her friend. Yeah. And then my my mom just stopped dead in the water, and she looked down. She's like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> so then I'm looking at my neighbor. I'm like, "What?" She's like, "I don't know what." I'm like, "Mom, what is it?" And she just leaves. <laughs> mom just leaves the room. Goes out to the porch. And my neighbor was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. She's mm-hmm. in the basement. I don't know what she saw. She's something in the basement. In my head, I'm like, ain't nobody in the basement? Like, we all yeah. here. So I look in the basement. I don't see nothing. Yeah. Because it's dark. Yeah. But I see two beating eyes. 
Oh. I was like, Miriam, I don't see. Oh. 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 I started jumping up and down. She's like, she's like, what? She's like, you know, she's like, what? What is it? What is it? And I'm like, oh, Miriam, Miriam. And she's like, what? Lottie, what? My nickname is Larry. She's like, what? I was like, it's a possum, Miriam. She's like, no, no. Ah, 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 ah. And she gets up and she walks out. I'm like, damn, y'all leaving me here with these possums. I'm like, damn, man. I'm going to win this shit up. Because my mom's basement goes down, but there's like a little cliff thing to like, I don't know, it's like a ledge thing. So yeah. I was chilling in the corner. So I'm like, how the hell am I going to get this up? So I'm like, all right, you know what? Let me do what I got to do. I grab the bucket. Grab the, a crutch that was in the, in the closet for some reason. I'm going like this, trying to, yeah. <laughs> trying to get in the bucket. And I finally got in the bucket. I'm yeah. like, it's in the bucket. I'm yelling. I was like, okay. And then all the air is, and then oh. in the bucket. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I started running upstairs. They got out my way. I ran upstairs. And then um, my, and then I started chilling out. I was like, all right, it's chilling. It's chilling. And I started walking down the street to the park. I'm like, all right, I don't want to kill it because yeah. I got a conscience. I should have killed that shit. Um <laughs> Started rustling when I got to the park. So I just like tossed a bucket. And then I'm like, all right, I don't got to deal with that again. A second one came in a few days later. Oh, no. It made it to my mom's closet on the second floor. Mm. I had to grab that drawn out. And my mom thought it was our dogs. And my mom had two little dogs. But they were like cuddling like in her shirt. She's like, what the fuck is that? So then she notices that there's something rustling. So I go in the closet. I'm like, damn it, another possum. I grabbed that drawn, put it in a sneaker box this time. Worst mistake I could ever do. Mm. And then next thing you know, I got it out. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to do the same thing, make it to the park. Somehow the tail wrapped out the hole and it wrapped Whoa, around my wrist. Oh, no, like, bro. Ah. <laughs> Just chucked that, threw it in the air. Yeah. I screamed really, really loud. I don't want to hurt my eardrums. I screamed really, really loud like a bitch. And now I just <laughs> flung it in the air. And they're like, are you okay? I was like, attention, attention. <laughs> Like a bitch, and I, and I don't care because like there's certain things that I command up to, but there's certain things I'll take it. But I'm gonna sound like a bitch. I don't care. Yo, I and don't, that's one of them. Like mm. possums on me, rodents on me, or bugs on me. I'm good, man. Mm, it took me a long time. Like Southwest and Upper Darby is mainly where I was back and forth with. Mm-mm, you hear possums? I was scared mm-hmm. of possums from like twelve all the way up until like probably. I still don't mess with no possums. What took the place of a possum is our raccoons. Mm. Raccoons took the place. I remember one time, my mom gave me a. She lived in Southwest, and it was like, um, she said it was like five o'clock in the morning to catch the train. I mean, catch the trolley, and she said she was walking regular, right? She walking whatever like that, and all of a sudden she felt something that brushed past her legs, like she felt it, and she was like, "Yo, what was that? Like, what's going on?" And she was like, "Yo, the guy was like," and then she said, "A guy across the street was like, man, man, that was a raccoon that just hit you." And she was like, "What?" She was like, "Yo, yo, I'm leaving. They got hands. <laughs> what the? They got it's true. You talking about you? You think a raccoon yo, is just gonna uh, go toe for toe for you with you? They would though. They would though. They gonna a raccoon gonna square up? They would fight you, man. Raccoons <laughs> are nasty. They would fight you. It's they do fam- not care. It's a family that live right behind my house." Of raccoons? Yeah. Dude, my cousin Taylor has a very Bro. cool conspiracy theory that there are gangs of raccoons in Philly. I'm, I'm so a serious. A gang? She, they're gangs, bro. Y'all my gotta cousin, hear this. My, I, I don't know the full story. I'll get it for you next time. But my cousin Taylor is convinced. Shout out to Taylor. I love you. She just got her doctorates. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Um, she thinks there's a gang of, of raccoons in Philly. 
Mm, like Bloods and Crips? Yup, ganging it up. Like three be posting up <laughs> on, on, the, on the fence, checking you out, then they bounce. Yo, one, I did see a raccoon climb over. Like, remember, you ever see like, like how they used to flip over the gate? Like, I seen a raccoon like really flipped over the gate, like, like, like Tupac off a of juice, like dumb type Jones. Like his whole body flipped over the <laughs> gate. No, my wife got a video. Yeah, one, yeah, like one, they, one yo, they in, really. One was in front of my house, literally on the fence, flipped over. Yeah, they flipped over. Yeah, and he went our window, John. Yo, I seen one. I was, I yo was in Germantown, yo, mm-hmm. and he really talked like he was in the army, like dumb type of Jones, like. Yo, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Listen, man, I, I live in the suburbs. When I take my trash out, I'll be, I'll be a little. Yeah, I bring that four. Yeah, yeah, I bring that four pound out. And <laughs> I, 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 every time I walk from my driveway back, and if they walk up on me, man, it's over. It's over. I'm just going to have to fight. <laughs> like literally, that's literally what I tell them. I'm, like, I'm just going to have to fight, man. Y'all remember that black bear in Delaware County in Drexel Hill? Yo, it was behind my house. You for real? Yes, we would live right there where that black bear was. Oh no, that I don't do was that. Right in back of our house. Was that in PA? It was in. It was in uh, Drexel Hill. No, no, about the 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 bear or the bull. Literally told my bro. You gotta go, and he literally left. He like, did. The bear it was did. A white boy. It was, it was about to crash a little barbecue, and then the bear, the bull was like, "Yo, go, go!" And like stepping up to him, like go. And then like I guess when he got to the bear's face, like the bear like swiped him in his hip. Yeah. And, but he stood his ground. He's like, "Come on, man, you gotta go. You gotta go, man." And I, and he, he, my man, dip. But the bear dip. House, right? Bro, that wouldn't be me. I'll be telling the white boy like, yo, you got to talk to that bear, bro. I'm not doing yeah, that. Yeah. I'm, out. I'm out, bro. Let I'm, me know. <laughs> and moonwalking my ass back to my car. Yo, I probably wouldn't have said nothing. I would, bro. Probably, I would have probably seen that bear come and be like, yo. No, that's how that's how we were when, we, when we saw that joint in the back of our house. He was like, everybody in the crib. They chased that bear all night. They finally got He was up in the tree when they finally got him, though. He was chilling. I'm not going to lie, but funny is when the bears be up. Because they don't ever happen with them brown bears. Them brown bears. It's be, always be, the black bears. The black bears, when they be up in the trees and they shoot them down and then they start tumbling up. <laughs> Yo, I'll be dying. <laughs> Yo. You see that? And I, I can hear them talking shit like, man, you see that? Now they're going to have to replace their goddamn trash can because of you. <laughs> Got to think about these trash cans, all right? Yo, uh uh, I'll do. <laughs> Bro, do you, be, you, you even see someone that bust through doors? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm With good. the bears? Yeah. yeah, I seen a video recently. The bear just bust through the door. Like, what do Yo. you do? What do you do after that? Imagine you chilling watching a good, you watching a Godfather and you feeling like a complete goon or whatever mafia movie. You're like, yeah, you all on some Tony Montana stuff. Like, yeah, fuck. And then all of a sudden the bear just bust, yo. I would die. Like, all the mag. What do you do, bro? Yo, my spirit is in heaven right now, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we grew up in the hood. We are prepared for home invasions. Yo. With people, <laughs> I know what to do if somebody busts through my door. If it's a person, yeah, yeah. But what do you do when it's a bear? Your first thought is, "What's up?" Like, that's not my first thought. My first thought is like, "What the fuck? What is a bear doing here?" You would like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" Going on here? And imagine you coming down like, "Who's in my crib?" Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Taxi now. <laughs> officer. <laughs> officer. This is a home invasion. We're not the type of used to, officer. But they come in like they own a place. Right. Like, like that's like, like yo, What's you know what the, I ain't got to uh, tell Goldie you why Locks I'm in here. In the three bears? bears? Yeah. They come in like they own the place, man. <laughs> I ain't got, I ain't got to tell you. I mean, I'm, I'm. They just bust through the jaw and just walk. All, and they, and then they just walk around the place. I'm out. Mm-mm. The closest window. I'm out. Mm-mm. That's I'm your spot, out, bro. That's your house. I lost my yeah. house. <laughs> I am done. But I can't fault you for that. I, I, <laughs> I, I lose I don't my think house. You care. Yeah, I'm like, all right, cool. I, right, all right. You lost it to a bear, like. <laughs> That's his crib. Man, listen. That's that. Yeah, that's his crib. He I'm, got it. Man. And then they, I heard they like to backtrack too. Yeah, if they, if they know they got food, they're going to come back. No. Mm-mm. They know they got food the first time. They're they going to like, oh, come they back. Got, this nigga got stamps. Oh, right. <laughs> he got <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yep. Can you imagine? A bear come through only time you get stamps. There are some communities that say, listen, there's a bear. He just passes by. He's harmless, right? <laughs> and some people are okay with that bear because he really does just pass by. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a bear like that? And Philly just says, there's a bear here. He just passes by. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine that in Philly? In Philly, bro. He part of the community. <laughs> he got a nickname and everything. Got yeah, yeah. <laughs> Depending on depending on the hoodie at, he got Yo, a nickname. <laughs> hey, depending on what hoodie at, he got a nickname. I can guarantee. I you. think he'd be posted up. Just <laughs> like this, and then when you ask him, he just swing his arms, come back. He give you that I don't know stance. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's, that's how you do it. That's how you gonna do it. Don't give it that I don't know the, uh, I don't know what you mean no, you mean <laughs> This is how it's going to be I don't know what you mean That's it so When his hands closed he, He's on some You mean time <laughs> His hands open He's on some I don't know time <laughs> You already know his move boy. Ew. Ew So how would you uh, him? So when it comes to When it comes just to Um to acting right well well cobweb right how was that because I seen you was definitely um in the movement um, how was that how was going on with cobweb I didn't really get a chance to watch the series but how was that going it was good man mm-hmm. um again shout out to Delia Nick Wood um RDM 46 mm-hmm. um cobweb was good man only and it, it was definitely an experience being on that set mm because in order to be on that set, uh, and not, you're not going to get everyone like this all the time. Uh-huh. Um, you really had to be, you really had to see the vision of, of what it was to okay. produce something like that. Um, and you've seen that there. You've seen what, what folks, who was there for it, who wasn't. Um, okay. But at the same time, like, even the folks who weren't, and they still did their thing, like, there was folks there that you could tell that they they didn't see the vision, but they were still in their bag. They were still mm. in their bag. So it put me in a position to really, really learn from a lot of talented actors that were on there mm-hmm. on that set. Same thing with the directors and the camera crew. Mm-hmm. But all around, man, it was it was it was tough because the expectations were so high. And I don't say tough because it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all 
also put everyone there in a position to, I guess you can say, set, set a standard moving forward in their career. Because if they, if you think a local director has high standards, yeah. imagine when you get on a multi-million dollar set. Yeah. Yeah. And some people were doing it for free. So imagine if you're if you're meeting these expectations and not meeting them. Imagine when you're on a multi million dollar set when mm-hmm. when your actual name is worth something on that set. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's it the Cowboys was amazing. It was I, I loved it. I loved the mm-hmm. uh, creative opportunity they gave us, especially that was my first time doing fight choreography and stunts. So it was super, super fun. It was grueling, but it was very super fun. Man, that's good. That's good. It looked like when I was watching the the, the trailers and everything like that, it like y'all was having a good time. It looked it looked like it was straight up from the grind. It I was, loved, man. I liked it. I definitely and, liked it. And the thing is, like, when you see when you see scenes like that, mm-hmm. and you see that, you know, it looks like we're having fun. But if, for me, for stuff like that, if you're not having fun, if you're miserable for scenes like that, it's uh, you're you're for me for me again. This is my opinion. You're on the right track because yeah. scenes like that aren't meant to be kicked, especially like when you're delivering a powerful scene, a good scene, uh-huh. and a big fight choreography scene like that. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be bells and whistles the whole time. Mm. So how was it also when you was with um, what's the act M Night Shyamalan? Um, oh, when sh- I did the uh, my 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 what my brother will call my my quick turnaround. Oh, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> my brother be like, all you did was. <laughs> And it's true, man. I, I did do that, but it was an experience. I, I I had a good time on there. Um, I was on there all day just to be on on the camera for like two seconds. For but real? It was cool because they said they they wanted a young couple. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. I still look pretty young. Mm-hmm. If I shave my beard. Yeah. But I went in there like, no, I need my beard because I'm still working other projects. Oh. Uh. But when I got on set, they're like, yeah, they really want somebody to look like a young couple. I was like, okay, I mean. If you guys got to shave it, fine. Because I'm on M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, that happens. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we sent the, we sent the picture to the producer. They said, nah, the beard got to go. I said, all right, do what you got to do, man. You cut it. They cut, cut it right oh. there and I shaved it. And I was like, all right, man. Hopefully, I get a call back after this. Servant, y'all ain't call me back. But it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. <laughs> I know they say like, oh, if, if uh, they ever need someone for a role, they always do, do like a call back depending on the scene. But yeah, it's all right, man. That's good. A shade That's good. for you guys. Yeah, I seen. I was like, oh, M Night Shyamalan, you pushed my damn movie back. I seen him in. I seen him in, um, in person. Um, I used to work at, the, at Lincoln Hall, and his family. I was doing security at Lincoln Hall. It was like 2019, and his family was there. It used to be. Um, I, I think Will Smith. I think came there like years ago, but he used to come there a lot. Real cool, like real cool. <clears throat> I was watching the trailer at the time for um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I saw him. I'm, I'm lacking on doing security. Shannon, you know we doing security. We don't really care. So I got my head down, and I was having to look up, and I seen him. Now he gonna put me in the middle because we both did security. <laughs> like he knew I was. I ain't care. I only like security when it was time to fight. Other than that. When you worked at a hospital, you know Shannon. I, 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 yeah, yeah. Other than that, I don't care. I'm on YouTube all day. But when I seen him, I looked down, I looked up, and he knew that I knew who he I knew who he was. So I was like, yo, like, alright. And, and he was like, he he was like, yo, what's up? I was like, oh, what's up? What's up, man? Like, you did signs, you did all these fantastic movies. 
And it's like, wow, like you really right here. So right. to see him, I was like, yeah, that's that was dope. And he was really genuine. He was like, yo, what's up? And then he gave me a hit, and uh, and I, you know, like when you you can't really like, oh, you know, can I get an autograph or yeah. like that? Because he's done with family, but yeah, he, he seemed like it was a real cool. Were guy. you mad at the security people because they made you shave your beard? Who me? Yeah, when I did security. Yeah, no, at that time, because I didn't have nothing. Oh, I just had like the um. I remember when they made a shave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. had no facial. We couldn't had no facial hair. Yup, none. But I just had the chin strap at the time, and and then when I did the security, I had to give, we had to give her the chin strap. Oh, yo, we had to cut not the not the high school let out chin strap. Yeah, yup. I just had that at the time. I wish I had a picture. Man. Yo, I they got made a, a shave, and I, yep. I I can't grow facial hair. So when they made me shave, I'm like, yo, bruh. Yo. Nah, nah, it ain't even that. D- it's that like, deep. bro, you know you're cutting away my last bit of hope. <laughs> yo, I was so I've really like honestly this my. This what I have right now Just start growing in within No I ain't gonna lie Since when, when I left When I got into Jefferson That's when everything Started coming But I was, we was like that For like three years I was so mad I, I, I saw M. Night Shyamalan once His dad used to work At Northeastern Hospital He was a big doctor In Temple mm-hmm. And um, I, I frequently saw his dad But I was, I was A little kid at the time So mm-hmm. I didn't really know Who he, who he was Or the Shyamalan, Shyamalan name was Science came out Still didn't even put Two and two together mm-hmm. Um but I remember working at Fogo the Shaw, same thing. I had a shave at that time. Every day, man. Every day I had a shave. Um, but now they don't even do that shit no more over there. But yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> and my Shamalan was there. Mm-hmm. And I even I said hello to him. You know, I told him, hey, man, I'm a big fan. I'm not going to ask you for anything. I couldn't if I wanted to. Yeah. And it was really cool to bring up that he, he calls it for filming signs, not signs, um, the Sixth Sense. Yeah. He started a fire at, at Lincoln Hospital on one of his scenes. Oh, for and I brought real? that up to him. Uh, he was like, "You remember that?" I was like, "Yeah, my mom worked at the hospital that you that you filmed that at." Mm-hmm. And he was he was it was a very genuine thing. I wasn't there for it, obviously, but it was just a genuine thing that he was that he was called off guard by me remembering something like that. Yeah, that's good. That, I think that goes into like people were really appreciating pre, appreciating the work that you put in and all the behind the scenes things and everything like that. And that's one thing I could say about you is when I think I think I was it was alone the first time I I believe I seen you in, and then also um, Naya brought you on to Eyes of Deception, and then building up that chemistry and seeing you work as well too. And like I said, I, I tell everybody like I'm a, I just love film. I just love telling like a good story. So I tell them like even if I never worked with y'all before, I seen I seen y'all somewhere or I seen a, a skit or whatever. And then, like I said, like to see you come on set of Oz Deception, and when I say bring your A game, like you dropping, like if this was the NBA, yo, he dropped eighty one. Listen, man, and the, and the thing about the film alone too, yo. And I'm glad I was able to do this film right after Alone, um, because I remember watching Alone. I, I loved it. I loved the script, but mm-hmm. the only thing I that's a big takeaway from that is, is for me, I was too considerate. Of the uh, actresses, mm. I, I wanted to take my crazy up a little bit. But yeah. I'm like, if, at that time, I'm like, how would they feel about this? Oh no, I ain't gonna do that. And then, mm-hmm. like after the film, I'm like, yo, I thought about doing this. I was like, oh my god, why didn't you do that? I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. All right, next time I know to take it, take yes. my now I know to take my crazy up a notch. Yeah, a yeah, bit. you got it. Yeah, because I, I was being, I, I was being me. I wasn't mm-hmm. being the character at that time. So I'm like, damn, man, I should have just. 
went ham. Yeah, and I think that's what you did for Eyes of Deception. I think you definitely, you definitely went ham on that. Like everything was just like, man, the dragon scenes, the other scenes, man, they was just a one. They were definitely solid. My mom, she was on set, and she was like, "Yo, yo, he can act." Damn. <laughs> Thank you. She was like, she was like that one. <laughs> yo, <Thank> my <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Fernando, yeah, yo. She was like, yeah, they both good. That boy. <laughs> Trust me, it's appreciated. Yo, and it, and they have and to see that um, you know, on on set, you know, it's 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 a blessing. Like I said, they had the first time with the director, and nobody was like. Oh my god! Like this director, you could tell he's fresh in here, like oh whatever. But the patience behind it, and the also when it was time to like, hey, I got some suggestions. I give them to you, and the time where it's like, yo, you want to search for it? You gonna find it? There we go, right there. That was the patience with me was definitely greatly appreciated. And like I said, um, whatever film I come across, these guys got the yo, hey. Would you? How do you feel about this? You know how you feel about that. Of course, definitely. Let me know. So, this is my favorite time right here. I don't know about you, Shannon, but I love Halloween. I love horror movies. Um, I want to know for you, Fernando. I would say top ten. If you could give me top ten. Give me top ten, Ooh. but if you can give me top five horror movies of all time, what's your top five horror movies. But if you got ten, throw ten in there too. No, my standards are very low, <clears throat> or actually very high. Because mm-hmm. um, coming from being born and raised in the nineties, going into two thousand, seeing that uh, that rise and fall of horror films. Mm-hmm. But my top five, I gave you the other day. Oh, okay. Uh, wait, let me see. I gave it to you like the other day. Oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. So going from five to one, mm-hmm. The Conjuring. First of all, that whole Conjuring series is fire and insidious. I love it. So everything yeah. James Wan did for that series was yeah. amazing. Yeah, okay. I love it. I, I'm a I'm a little wuss when it comes to the whole spiritual stuff. So yeah, that was how, so. So how do you feel about that? Like when it comes to them them type of films, like. The the like you just said like the the exorcist and everything like that like the like, how do you feel like the conjuring like like do you think it's believable like how how would you how would you feel about that I, I thought it was believable um at least for like the first ones when they didn't get too deep into um like Insidious for example when they started getting really deep into the the realm the the other side mm-hmm. or the uh, the middle plane mm-hmm. um. That's all speculation from anybody, even if you believe in, in that kind of stuff. Because I, I do, I believe in that and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that's still all speculation because all it's doing is is feeding the imagination of what I I already believe in. Yeah. But does it going to have the same impact on some on someone who doesn't? Mm. The mm. story, the base story itself, can be creepy, but when they see the 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 physical interpretation of it, like they did in the film, it's like, eh. okay. And I can see why some people can be felt feel a little taken aback from it because it's the same thing when you watch both of the the movie The Things. The, mm. the, the, the 2013 remake? Yeah, 2011. 2011 11. versus the 1980s one. Yeah. The 1980s, that movie got so much slack or pushback because of the CGI. 
Mm-hmm. They said the special effects was too special effecty. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the, the 1983 one, and that one holds up to oh, today. Sh- oh and they God. had practical effects. Yeah. Everything yeah. was handmade in that. Yeah. And yeah. that movie still, like, I can, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can show my six-year-old that right yeah. now. <laughs> versus something that's loaded with CGI. I'll just be like, what is that? And then look at the old one. I'm like, they'll have nightmares. Yeah. But that one holds up. That's on my list as uh, number number four. Yeah. Okay, so you got that as number four? Okay. okay. Uh, I would definitely say the first it. Mm-hmm. Man, Candyman had me. For real, Candyman. Candyman. Yo. Candyman had me in my bag as a young boy, man. Like, my mom tried with Tales from the Crypt, that dude. Mm-hmm. Chucky and all them, they, they wasn't doing it for me. But Candyman, talking about that. How would you feel? How did you feel when you first seen Candyman? Terrified. Like, man, Terrified. I, to this day, I don't I don't like being left in the dark when I turn the lights off. And I'm for a real? Nice man. <laughs> Listen, that's that little, that's that subconscious fear that something's going to come and grab my ankle, man. I, Y'all better hold on. Y'all said that name like three times already. <laughs> Listen, you know. I go, I go up the steps like this. <laughs> I feel, uh, I feel a drift. Like, oh, 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 not tonight, baby, not tonight. That was close, but not tonight. Yo, Candy man. And the number one is The Exorcist. Oh my God, bro! I love. You know what that does to a six-year-old? Yo, yes, yo. My aunt, my mom, my mom was dated a musician, and my my aunt was like, "Oh, we're gonna have a movie night. We're gonna watch a scary movie. We're all down for it." All of us are sitting in the front of the bed, scared as hell, watching this movie. Mm. It took one person to say, "Can you pause this? So I can use the bathroom." She paused it. One person went. Five people followed. Everybody <laughs> went to the bathroom together. <laughs> Bunch of six year olds in one toilet, dude. <laughs> we didn't want to go by ourselves. I couldn't sleep for a while after that, man. I, uh, the the Exorcist. All right, so going up, you know, growing up in um in the Christian home. You only allowed to watch certain movies, right? You only you can't you can't really watch like those type of movies all like that. So, but but my but my my parents they love they love movies so much. So you hear about The Exorcist, yeah? Never really came across of it. Came across it. So one time, me and my cousin went to go see um Rush Hour Two. Went to the movies to go see that. The, at the time, The Exorcist was having like a um bringing it back in theaters type. I guess some type of anniversary. So we went in there to go see The Exorcist, right? Yo, the, yo. At the time, we like 15, me and my cousin Phil. When she came down the steps, it was like, yeah. and the blood. Because the way they shot it, and I love, man, um, um, rest in peace to um, William Freakin, yo. The way he did it, two people just having a conversation. And then all of a sudden, there's a quick pan, and then somebody, you like, yo, yo, we was on the L going back home, just stuck. Like, I thought Revelations was about to happen, like that. <laughs> Listen, bro, I was like, yo, me and him, like, we went from having a good time, laughing and joking, a rush hour to, so like, I want to go up. home, bro. Yeah, it's like, it's time to go home. Like, yo, like, like, <laughs> what do we just want? Like, we out of all the movie theaters, we could have snuck into. We snuck, and then Richard Pryor said the same thing. Richard Pryor said when The Exorcist first came out, him and Paul Mooney went to go watch it. They said they left out the movie theaters. They said that they they didn't stay. They didn't stay. Like The Exorcist, that's why for me, just like you, I was oh you know what I would say Exorcist. I would say Exorcist in a thing. Nineteen eighty three is like back and forth to me. Like oh my god, there was a bro. there was a documentary on Netflix. I thought it was amazing. Mm. Um, 
it was I forget the name of the title, but it pretty much showed the psychological trend in horror films between like the nineteen thirties mm-hmm. up until like the early two thousands. And that thing was like key on. It all followed now that people just do horror movies to do horror movies. Yeah, yeah. Now. Yeah. But a good fifteen, twenty years ago, they had some worth to it. Mm-hmm. And they really followed psychological trends. Like we all remember the I know what you did last summers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all know it was BS, but same way that the and that's why like the movie Scream was such a great reflection of how people looked at horror films. Mm. But they pretty much delivered on the whole. It's it's a horror film, but it can really happen. Yeah, yeah. But everything else was just like, damn. What if, what if the bull that was that was asking for a ride really was the bull with like with the fish hook? Like what? what, 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 what <laughs> yeah. Or like, uh, what's the other one? Um, at the college campus when they're actually it was it was supposed to be like a knockoff of a um um scream. urban. Urban legend. Urban legend. Urban legend. Urban That's legend. That's another one. It was mm-hmm. good, but it's like, bro, Scream already did it. Yeah, yeah. But it was yeah, good though. Was I good. can't. Yeah, I can't be mad yeah. at it. It was really a good attempt. Yeah. And they said that about I know what you did last summer and Urban Legend that it was like, oh wow, everybody loves Scream. Let's do our own little kind of like you know like off to, to, yeah. to Scream. Yeah. And they were bringing back. If you really think about, it, they were bringing back the same, the same, same subject. Same formula. Mm-hmm. I mean, different subjects, same formula as they did in the 80s, like the werewolves, mm-hmm. uh, the serial killers, Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. They were, like, right now what people are scared of is walking home by themselves, mm-hmm. something following them. Mm-hmm. Now what people are scared of, being in a room full of people, someone following them and still killing them. Wow. So it's like, it's it's a psychological a psychological tr- uh, trigger. Mm-hmm. They did the same thing in the 50s with the aliens in war. Yeah. Letting off a nuclear bomb grew into a giant ant. It was same same formula, different subject. Yeah, that's true. So uh, basically, basically, um, it'd be a dope. It was, uh, uh, I guess, an AI horror movie. If they can do that, if they pull but, that off. But they did that. Look at the Matrix. The, the Matrix, Matrix, but it's, that's the thing is not categorized as a, a horror. horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more so science. So, um, action or even Terminator. 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 I'm about to say Terminator, yeah, 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 but yeah, it was yeah, action. Yeah, but it's yeah. really a horror, horror movie yeah. because. The way we live in right now, yeah. <laughs> because right now with with movies like that, like um, ho- horror movies, are supposed to channel your type of fears, but like now it's moving a little bit more psychological. So now yeah. horrors are turning more into thrillers. So that way, rather than captivating you with like the CGI and special effects and all that, let's let's get your brain going. Let's scare you a little bit with your brain. So now more movies are becoming more intense thrillers than they are horrors. But it's really realistic too, because it, it can happen. It can happen. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, talking to Fernando, matter of fact, about a year ago, and I had a good idea. And uh, I don't want to say now because I, I, I can say like certain stuff of it, certain stuff about it. But I, I see like humans as more so monsters than anything. Like they, I, like somebody they really idolizing, like like what they see in a person, and they and and they trying to control it. So they they that that trying to control a person, that monster instincts come out of them. They don't even really know it that it was there. And I oh, I don't know if you remember Fernando, but I pitched it to you, and you was like, "Yo, yeah, I, I told you that." Um, what it sounded like, not except for the controlling part, the the old movie, uh, Perfume. Yeah, you were telling me about that. You were telling me about that. And that movie doesn't get a lot of uh, credit that it deserves because when you think about that, like. Like what the guy did in the movie Perfume, and how uh, how far he went to go mm. do it, mm. and then the way it ended, it's like damn, like 
he achieved his goal. Yeah, yeah. And and look at the cost of it all. Like, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that um, when the people talk about like the whole Thanos thing, like, oh, but Thanos did what he said he was gonna do. I'm like, yeah, but. It took another movie for them to like stop him. Yeah, this, like this yeah. In, in the movie Perfume, it showed the whole thing. Like from the from the moment of what he what he was sought out to be, what he was becoming, mm-hmm. and what he accomplished. But yeah, and that's definitely. Um, I got. I definitely got to sit back and watch and watch that. Like yeah. How I, how I um how I definitely was viewing it, man. I I I, I got to sit back and really put pen to pad with it when it comes to to that horror. But one Listen, thing, as an adult, I'm rewatching a lot of movies. As an adult, mm-hmm. as a kid, my brain was a lot different. Yeah, th- yeah. So yeah. I started watching a lot of like cheesy horror movies or just horror movies in general that I saw as a kid, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I even I, I rewatched Candyman. It still gives me the creep. I'm like, damn, this, this movie's still creepy as hell. Even the new one, the new one was real creepy too. What? What? I think uh, these these movies right here always, like I said, the Exorcism things like one and two, like they just heavyweights. Nightmare. The Exorcist came out in seventy three. But you know the crazy thing is William freaking he did. He was like he's like what's he's like he he didn't know like what a what a demon possession thing is because he's Jewish. So they don't believe in that. They don't believe like some of them don't believe that there's a hell. Right. So he was like, what is that? In retrospect, mm-hmm. you seen uh, Jane Doe, right? Jane Doe. Well, that chick she had the dead body in the in the morgue. I heard of it. I heard of it. I heard of it. I so, heard of it. I heard of it. So Jane Doe is dope. Mm. I came across a Jewish version of it, mm. but I forget the name of it. It's on Amazon Prime, I believe. This is where I saw it. But they came up with a Jewish version, not tit for tit, the same exact thing, mm-hmm. but the concept is still the same. Demonic possession, how to solve it, what do we need to do? That movie was a gem. Like. I don't know anybody who knew about it, anybody who spoke about it, but it was a gem. Was and it about that, a guy? It was about a family. Oh, okay, so it was okay, it was okay. a distant Jewish son coming back for whatever reason. He had his own subconscious reasons, and his wife was pregnant. Uh huh. But he he was doing something to try to get out of bankruptcy, and then he was trying to get his father to sign off of it, sign off on it, and everything. A leads to B, B leads to C. A human body came in from the morgue. Yeah, now possessed. I know what you're talking about. Now I know what you're talking about. And just to watch that, and on on a Jewish perspective, I'm like, this is dope. Yeah, I would have never expected yeah. this movie to be like this at all. Yeah, I, so, now I know what you're talking so about. Get, if, if I was able to see that, like on a Muslim perspective, that'd be awesome too. Yeah, just to see like their rituals, their cultures, but also like what a twist. Yeah, but that movie was that's a hidden gem. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I forgot what it was called, but yeah, I know it came out like. a Probably like three years ago yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that I gotta and watch Green that. Inferno. Green Inferno was another I didn't one. I wanted to watch that. That joint seemed like it was too wild. No, it was wild. And was I'm, that the one where he's eating can? can oh of, my yeah. god! Yeah, Eli Roth, right? I think he yeah. directed that. Yeah, he yeah he did Cat, um, Cabin Fever. That's that was a yeah. rough movie to watch, man. But but the Jewish storytelling was apocalyptic anyway. If pe- people don't really know that. A lot of scripture that was written, you know, from you know Jewish perspective, they mm-hmm. they told their stories from a pop, apocalyptic style of, see of teaching. Yeah. So their movies would kind yeah. of probably be. Yeah, and it, I heard it was good. Like you said, it's. I heard it was a good, a good, um, a very good movie. How they did it, right? I don't really know a lot about the Jewish faith at all, but. Yeah, same. Looking at the review and everything that people talked about it, I was like, oh, and then it was like, no, this is a real good movie. But now y'all don't know about the Jewish faith if y'all say y'all Christians. 
Come on, man. I'm a Christian. <laughs> I don't know about I'm, that. I'm reading. <laughs> but, 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 but it comes from because Christ was a Jew. Yeah. Correct. So it really is yeah, the same. The first, the, but the first Christians were Jewish. Yeah. So Christianity was a sect of Judaism. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that. I, I mean, I knew that, but I didn't know. I'd have throw something there. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. No, I didn't know. Like their their story about you know how they tackle you know a little like they, I I never knew that. If you read the Torah, if you read the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, this that's all from a Jewish perspective. No, not. I understand that part. And they talk about all of the demons, and they talk about demon yeah, possession. Yeah, they talk about that, homes coming back to life. They yeah, talk about all that type yeah, of stuff. But that so. part, I didn't. You get it from like a like. I see what you're saying, but you get it more so from like a Christian standpoint. But the thing, the, the, the yeah. thing, the thing with that. See, but you're in school for that. Okay. <laughs> but the thing with that, I think the only reason why we don't see that much of it is because, especially like if you were to translate something like that from like a. A Muslim religion perspective, right? Yeah, I think since it's been done already with Catholicism or Christianity for years, mm-hmm. is like when you when you cross that when you cross that line with different religions. This is just my perspective. Mm-hmm. I could be one hundred percent wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, when Jews or Muslims make movies like that, it's like how comfortable can we do this movie without making without offending our religion at the same time? Mm-hmm. How much can we expose? Or give away without to people who don't believe in what we believe in, while mm-hmm. also selling telling the story. Mm-hmm. And that's just my perspective. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. That's me speculating. But I I, I can see that point though because mm-hmm. this is my first almost Jewish anything based film. Because mm-hmm. literally, I think the whole cast was Jewish. Every wow, everyone in it was Jewish. Even the the characters are being portrayed. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a film like that. I've seen mm-hmm. like Holocaust films. Yeah. But that's to the extent of it. I saw, yeah. I saw sadness and sorrow. I saw mm-hmm. um, people rising from the mm-hmm. from the trenches of the Holocaust. I see mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But to see something that has nothing to do with history attached to it, mm-hmm. but, but just religious lore, mm-hmm. it was a treat. Yeah, that's you don't get that. That's how that. I feel with um. It's this other joint called um. Babadook. Babadook was amazing. That was amazing. It was one. It was. It's one called. It's called. It's on Netflix. It's called Busan or something like that. And it's about this. It's about these group of cops, and they get put on a, a a call to this um area in this abandoned building. And when they go there, um, things get a little dicey. Things get like kind of like it, it, it get weird, right? And all these and they and they um they go there and come to find out is that they're in like a, like in the hell. Mm. And I mean, yo. The things that goes on in this abandoned building, yo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot it to you. This show crazy. Like, I mean, it take it tackles so much, and the things that goes that goes on. This, this, I can put this. If I, I gotta watch it again to put it in, on a list, but I'm like, all right, I can kind of put that on on like a on like kind of like on like a Christian. Uh, how Christianity sees hell and everything like that, mm-hmm. and horror and how they put that in there. And this is from another country. Mm-hmm. This is like. I think Korean or something like that. I believe. I think I have to look at it again. A lot of Korean movies are, are well, yeah. they, they've been out, but now they were yeah. getting a little bit more exposure to them. Man. Yeah, they, 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 they got some stuff. And, and how they do, and, and like I said, like how they deal with horror. This film, this this was this was dope, and it's on Netflix. I I seen it probably like four years ago. Like, have you seen Smile? Yeah, I like Smile. I like Smile too. I thought that was great. Kevin Bacon's daughter did amazing. Mm. Um, have you seen No One Gets Out Alive? 
Yo, the new one that just came out, the Alien movie. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The one I seen you was the one I seen was No One Can Save You. No one can save you. All right, so yeah. No One Gets Out Alive. Right. Mm-hmm. Watch that movie. Same formula. Smile took the same formula from that movie. I'm not not making mm-hmm. accusations here. But if you really watch the movies back to back, you'll see you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. I like the way Smile Smile was shot. I like the way it was done. It was certain parts in there I was like, uh, but the way it was shot, it had your mind like warped. Like the way certain things was upside down and mm-hmm. the landscape was like twisting and turning and everything like that. And then, but the end, I think they executed it real good. And if you see the movie, real no one gets good. out alive. The end is what sold me on it. For like real? how it ended, because mm-hmm. like you, you see what's you think it's victorious, but then when you really see what's happening, you're like, oh snap! It was, it was, it was good. good. It was it good. Was good I gotta watch. I got surprised they're making a part two. I gotta wow. watch that. No one, ma- no, it's called No One Makes no one, It Out Alive. No alive. one gets out alive. No one gets out alive. I'm gonna yeah, check that it's, out. Same formula. It's it's still it's for me. It's it's still its own standalone film, mm-hmm. but. Same formula, man. So good. Man, I'm going to check so that good. out. So right now, I think I got on the list, I would say, the th- I would say, yeah, definitely the thing that actually says Nightmare on M Street. I would say, um, boom, 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 boom. The Conjuring, the first one. I would throw in, I would throw in definitely um, Aliens, the first Aliens. I got that right there, the VHS right there. And man, what else? Are you scared of Aliens? The first one. The first one was kind of like, yeah. The first one was kind of like, that joint got me though. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> when that alien busts out that man's chest, yo. <laughs> that joint definitely got me, yo. And oh, you know what? The witch. Oh, the one where uh, they're like really like um, like like uh, pilgrims. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah, was that one. real yeah. The witch definitely was real, real good. Who knows to the actress, man? Because she was in um the Northman. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I ain't tell the joy. She she went in on that. And what else? Silence of the Lambs. Yo, that joint got me, bro. That to me, that joint nah, was scary, you know bro. What I saw? <laughs> and, that, and that holds up still to today. Jeepers Creepers. The first one, yeah, yes, I saw that. I'm like, classic. I can, I can see. I can come see come on, brother. Classic. Stop, stop, stop. The stop. first Jeepers Creepers. Stop, I want to look at it stop, now and get scared. Stop, I want to watch it now and get scared. But at the bro. time, I could understand why it was a scary bro, movie. That joint was scary, bro. What was what was yours, Shannon? What? What was what, what was the movie that actually got me scared? Yeah. Oh, that's. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Really just the exorcist For real for real All the rest good. of them to me were I don't know Wasn't really that scary Not the thing? No I I, I really wasn't scared of that Yo the Like people were, scared, that? people were scared of that People were scared of Freddy People were scared of Jason I wasn't scared I of that I wasn't ever scared stuff. of Jason Yeah that, that's I wasn't scared like, yeah, I wasn't scared yeah. of Jason Alright so what about the Alright so what in the exorcist Really got you? Like what Anything because you ever seen the creep show series? I really thought of demon possession. Mm-hmm. So I really, you know, my dad, I grew up in the, you know, my dad's a preacher, you know. So it was like my uncle's preacher. So it was like, uh, that could really happen. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, whoa. Yeah. You know, so I was always, you know, and then, you know, turning off the lights and people being, you know, and, um, <laughs> 
like we used to as kids, you know, people used to watch uh, Bloody Mary Bloody and, yeah. and like you say, Candyman. So we would literally go in the bathroom as children. That's how bad we were. And we would say these names in the mirrors and stuff like that. Mm. And then we would run out, the, run out. Like, you know what I mean? And it was like, oh, we still all alive? You know what I'm saying? Then, then when uh, like the screen, uh, you know, with the mask. Yeah. My cousins and them, what they used to do was after we watched Scary, they would cut the circuit breakers off in the crib. Oh, they taking it too far, bro. And yeah, they, they would try to scare bro. us. And we would be running all through the crib and all that because oh, we had a three story crib. Yeah. Everybody lived with grandma back, you know. Yeah. So it was just it was funny games. Oh. So that, I I think that's really what it was because I came from a real big family. Mm. So to us, it was just so nothing like psychologically clowning. got to you. No, 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 not really. I mean, we were I don't know. like the movie Prisoners got to me. Prisoners, prisoners, prisoners. You Yo, man, that was dope. dope. That was real good. You ever seen now that's, now, that, seen now that's a fear yeah, right there yeah. that doesn't need to be like super exaggerated on on cinema. Like that's a, right. that's a seed in your brain and it lets it grow. Prisoners about yeah. the whole movie. Yeah, and like when I saw that movie, I was I was a little pissed, but so for what was, good reason. Give me a, give me a little snippet of like what was it about? A distressed father looking for his missing child. The detective is on the same page as him, and then never finds him. Okay, and then the whole time he he thinks he has a person to connect them, but that person was just—I don't want to say he was in association because he he was like he was like autistic or something, right? Yeah. So he yep. he he was with the lady that did it, but yeah. he ain't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And I kind of got eyes of deception from watching prisoners. That's why I kind of got like how they. Um, I can see the, the dark, the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the certain, definitely certain looks. Prisoners definitely, definitely um top tier film. I love Prisoners, yo. Oh, yeah. Denise Villeneuve, definitely one of my favorite up and coming directors. What is that? You just reminded me, Shannon. I want to. I'll give you all my my answer too. But when it comes, it don't matter what it is. What is the most scariest moment you had? It could be something small. Or it could be something big that you have that was like, yo, that that. That was like when water that that, that that creeped you out a little bit. You mean just period? Anything, yeah. I got one I think gonna really blow your mind. Go ahead. <laughs> you want, want me to go first? Go All right. So this was like eleven years ago. Me and my mom just came back from the movies, and this one we I was working. We mean you was working together, so um. Me and Shannon, our shift was like 11, 11, because it was 11 to 7. So I used to, me and my mom go to the movies, five out of Tuesdays, whatever like that, and then I still had time to go to sleep and then go to work. So we go, we leave, go to, I go home, my mom go home. So I had like a couple of hours, I'll get some rest then. So I go, this is my old, my old apartment. All the lights is cut off. No, the kitchen light was on, everything else was cut off. I lied to you not. I went to go lay down on my couch. I'm laying down. I took like two blanks. I seen a shadow run from my mom's living room into my bedroom. Oh, wow. Blind to you not. And I seen the reflection on the TV screen. And it really ran. And I called my mom. Like, because my mom is like, uh, you know, you know, it's like a spiritual warrior. Like, they would know. Like, they would know. So I called my mom. She was like, whatever that was, you got to pray. Mm-hmm. 
Like you just have to pray She probably She was like Just pray on it Pray on it Yo I prayed on it And that never happened to me ever But I seen that Like Usually you feel it But to see it I seen like It was like a shadow And it just went From the living room And just room To the that, bedroom That was normal For me growing up <laughs> <laughs> no, I think oh, man. Two it was two instances. One, I just came back from moving from Virginia Beach and then um I was waiting for my bed to come and try to sleep in the same bed as my mom. And I think I was like nineteen at the time, eighteen, nineteen. Mm-hmm. And I was sleeping and I think like my step pop's dad or uncle passed away or some shit like that, I forgot what it was. Um I'm sleeping like this. And I had like a little bit of hair at the time. So I feel something going like this. But the way it felt is that I felt the hand motion as my head was turning. So when my when I turned my head, I woke up. I didn't see anything, but I felt the last little bit of trickles like 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 cut like fingers leaving the hair. Yo. And I'm like, oh what the hell? <laughs> and I look next to my mom. My mom's like on the other side of the bed. Mm. And I'm looking to my left, there's like nothing but clothes. And like Yo. an empty space. I'm like, what the hell was that? Yeah. So that scared the crap out of me. The second instance was my first time experiencing uh, sleep paralysis. Mm. Now, that is some scary stuff. That's scary. That's and scary. I ended up, <laughs> it happened to me. It, it, it was so coincidental because I was reading about brujeria or santeria. I was reading about that. Mm. And then I went to sleep right afterwards. And then I had that's. Sleep paralysis right there. I'm like, yep, I've never reading something like this before I go to bed. Why? Ever. It just creeped me out. What y'all scared of? No, not no sleep paralysis. <laughs> I, I felt that before. I was, I was, oh, yeah, that, that now, now I'm up. accustomed to it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. My, when my body still goes into a panic, but I, I'm, I'm able to recognize it now. You can, you can wake your, you can make yourself move now. So the only, the only other yeah. time that I really got scared, um, when my son was first born, Mateo, when he was first born, and um, I was just taking a nap with him on the sofa. So I fell asleep. But when I woke up, my, my conscience is awake. And I'm like, damn, I need to check on the baby. And the baby's on my lap. But I'm like, damn, I can't move. And I'm screaming. And this is how I know I'm a sleeper house because I'm screaming. I'm like, nothing's working. So then I'm trying to, like, I'm, going, I'm going like this in my dream. I'm like, it's not working. I have to go slow. So I had to like wind my feet really slow. For 10 minutes, I had to do that. Until like, my feet weren't even moving. And like when I woke up. I, I just woke up. So I just woke up like this. I'm like, damn it, man. And you can feel your body slowly waking up. And then my son was just chilling on top of me. I, I was so scared because I couldn't move. But that was a good thing because if you would have jumped up, you probably would have dropped the baby because you were looking for the baby. See, God has a way <laughs> of stopping us from making foolish mistakes. Right. That's what I look at it as. Yeah, like yeah. for me... If you want to talk about it, I had a, a situation where I was laying in my bed, mm. sleep. Nobody was in the crib. My kids probably was in their room. And I get a knock at my bedroom door. I'm like, who is it? And all of this while I'm still laying in the bed. And I'm trying to get up to get to the door. And I hear a voice. Oh, let me in and I'll give you everything that you desire. So I'm trying to get up and get to the door. Hold on, was this a dream or this? Bruh, I'm I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the door, but I can't move. Yeah. At this time, I'm I'm practicing Islam. Mm. So I'm calling on the dance, saying all these Islamic prayers. I still couldn't move. 
So then I was like, Ah, oh, Father, who are in heaven? I will be that name. I did that before. That I did that before. Yo, and then all of a sudden, I shot up in the bed. I shot straight up in the bed. I was like, yo, yeah. that was the devil knocking at my bedroom door. <laughs> he was up? Man. Yo, bro, I'm telling you, I saw, I'm looking at, I could not move my body. I said, God got a way. And that's how I looked at it. Like, God got a way of keeping you from making dumb decisions. That's, that's you know how it was. Like, when I first had sleep paralysis, that's how it was. Because, like, it felt very demonic because of what I read. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, it's stronger than yours. I'm going to pray. And I started praying. And, I, like, after, like, 20 minutes, I woke up. Yeah. That's how it is. It was rough. Yo, bro. That's how it is. Now, when it comes to, now, now when it comes to dreams, I will, I will, if I have, like, nightmares or anything like that, I always like pray and I always kind of like call on, you know, call on the name of mm-hmm. Jesus. They will always go away. Mm-hmm. Now, if I can't, um, if I do call on the name of Jesus, whatever, and if I do call on the name of Jesus and it don't go away right away, then I'm like, all right, when I wake up, I gotta. Like God, but my thing is, God, what did you want me to get out of that situation? And that's what my mom told me. Yeah, that's because what, yeah, it's, it's, it's something like the, another instance. I was walking home late at night, lived in, I lived in Upper Darby. So I'm walking. You know, coming from Philly, West Philly, like doing my thing. And I walked by this white van. I rem- remember like it was yesterday. It was pitch black outside. It had to be 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And it was this figure standing like on the back of the van like this as I walked by. And I heard, Shannon. I turned around, it's gone. Oh. I said, Lord. <laughs> I got chills just thinking about that. I said, yeah, I, I, said, I said, Lord. <laughs> I was paranoid. I, I said, Jesus, just get me home. Just get me home. Just yeah, get me home. Yeah. Like these, I had so many encounters. Even when we were at church one time in, uh, in Georgia, we was in Albany, Georgia with my aunt. And we in church service. And, you know, the pastor preaching, preaching, preaching. Woman sitting in the front pews. She started speaking in like the exorcist started speaking in all these different languages and all, and then started squirming around like a snake. My eye was like, "Bleed the blood of Jesus, bleed the blood." Yeah. Of Jesus. So we all like the blood of Jesus, yeah. the blood. like we kids. Uh-huh. And I like I saw all this stuff going. I'm like, this stuff is real. Like you yeah, know, people yeah. don't think it's real. This stuff yeah. is really real. At that I point, think, uh-huh. I, I would have been like, God, we gonna pick this up next week. <laughs> Uh, our Father who art in heaven, <laughs> I see you chopped out. That's it. Yo, it's real, yo, bro. I, I saw some stuff growing up. Like I think what makes it kind of like unbelievable is when they have like them crawling on the walls and doing you know flips like they no, the gymnastics and stuff just like that. Moving across, my cousin even did it. She was at church with and my grandmom's church. I wasn't there for this. My grandma was telling everybody. She was sitting in the front and she was just sitting in the passenger. She was squirming in her seat. And then all of a sudden she started like moving like a snake. And my grandma, you know, this voice came out of my cousin talking about how uh, the devil wants to destroy my whole family because of the calling that they have on their life. Mm. So is an attack, a demon attack on my family. Mm-hmm. And my grandma was a, a, yo, she was one of the, she was a powerful person in the church. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yo, I can believe it because of all of the instances that I've seen angels and demons in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, even when I had the three blood clots in my brain and I was laying in the hospital bed in, in Albany, Georgia, dying. Mm-hmm. And I saw this figure 
like in the light. I couldn't see it, but it was just a bright light and there was a figure standing there. Mm -hmm. And on the side of it, it was all these other beings. I believe it was angels, right? And and the I heard a voice from the distance inside of the fake inside of the light say, "It's not your time, rise." And I sat up in the bed and I looked. I had my my crust everywhere. My lips was. I was like, I got to get back to Philadelphia. So me and my wife flew back here with three blood clots on my brain, flying back. Here with three blood clots mm. in my head. And Jones could have burst and, any Exactly. Mm. And I made it back, got home. Like a week later, I woke up in ICU. Dang, man. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I saw so much. That's why I'm like, mm. yeah. and I was 19 when that happened to me. Wow, man. I just, yeah. So do, you, do you believe in lucid dreaming? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah, man. I definitely want to. I definitely want to talk more about that. But here we go. Yeah. <laughs> but once again, another great episode of Black Art Cinema Podcast. And I definitely appreciate my bro. We, Man. We got to get you back up gotta here. Got to get you back up here. <laughs> Real talk. Definitely got to get you back up here. How how I feel, man, to finally come up here, man? Oh, it feels good, man. I, I, knew, I know I had a cancel on you last time and I felt super bad, but I'm happy I'm here today. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have you up here. Um, got to bring you up here sooner, sooner um, than later, bro. We got to do it again. Definitely. Um, next time, definitely probably we'll have the bros back up here, Clout and DeVille. And that's it for this episode of Black Arts on the podcast. Appreciate everybody for listening and tuning in. And that's one thing I just love about our podcast. We talk about movies and also transition of movies into real life and then real life transfer also into film. We love filmmaking, and this is all about is just just appreciating the love for film. So once again, thanks for being with us, and thanks for listening. Much love to you, and um, have a good day. Peace. Peace out, y'all. Mm-hmm.